Yeah. Welcome to More Than a Number podcast, episode number three. I'm Jack Link here with Zach Lefebvre. Zach, how's it going? Living a dream, man. Living the dream. I was uh, up early this morning, had a few clients, and I'm going into work in a little bit here. What about you? What you got going on? There you go. Um, just hit some good back today, a little bit of running, and then um, I think I'm going to church later, and nothing nothing too crazy. Just a casual Casual weekend. It was a good week at work at the the restaurant downtown. Um, how's the client been? So how do you, are you doing like one client at a time or is it multiple? How does that work? So I try to schedule around like the same time. So like yep. the gym itself for, for me is probably 35, 40 minutes away. So I don't like to do like multiple trips. Obviously it's not right yeah. around the corner. Um, so with all the clients, I kind of just try to um schedule around the same time so like if i have to come back once or twice in a day that's fine so like i'll have usually some morning clients and then i'll come back um maybe take a nap meal prep do whatever i gotta do and then i'll have (laughs) some uh late late afternoon to like uh evening clients as well but this makes sense yeah today friday saturday sundays i work at the bar so i try to get them all done in the morning but yeah yeah fair enough that's good yeah because it probably revolves around the people who are working so either go before work or after work i'm guessing for most people right yeah yeah so like during the week especially um you're gonna get those people that want to come in at like five six seven and then uh usually it'll <clears throat> usually i'll get a break and then actually some people will schedule around like one or two it's kind of weird because really. like yeah yeah because yeah, you'd think they'd be at work but you never know and then yeah. again i get another wave at around like uh four five six nice yeah, I was talking to, I don't know what job I was interviewing with, and um, they said they have, like, they give you, like, some sort of bonus midday if you go work out. So, like, I guess some jobs are maybe just trying to uh, trying to get their employees healthy, I guess. I'm not sure, but that's, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, I've actually never heard of that, but that is, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I know the job. Now. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty good <laughs> sales pitch to come on. Um, they, they're, I mean, giving you workout time, which is really valuable especially if you don't have to work out at 6 a.m or 6 p.m it's pretty nice because it can be tiring working out early you said it was a bonus so like they pay you yeah you get like um maybe like a little bit of an incentive or something it's uh, i don't think it's anything crazy but definitely um makes sense to work out and it's not like detrimental to your work or like your jobs i mean your boss isn't gonna get mad at you or it's like encouraged you know what i mean which is really good oh yeah um before we hop in I've been doing Sunday dinners, man. I'm in the culinary and I've been trying to let's go. Yeah, dude. So I've been doing Sunday dinners for my family. Um, and I, I kind of try to switch it up each week. What I do this week, mm-hmm. we're doing, uh, you can, you can look at it however you want to. I'm looking at looking at it as like a homemade Arby's. So I'm okay. I, I got a big, uh, big roast. So I'm going to, uh, slow, slow cook it in the oven and sear it on a cast iron. Ooh, uh, nice. And then we got a little mandolin. And we're gonna we're gonna cut it real thin, get some roast beef action. I'm doing a homemade uh, RB sauce and a homemade cheese sauce. So it's gonna be like oh sweet, big RB sandwiches, man. Let's go, dude. What kind of rolls are you using? That's the thing. So we were thinking about either doing like the beef <laughs> on wick rolls, like the cumble. Yeah, wick or, the cumble wick rolls are fire. Yeah. yeah. So we were thinking about either doing those or just a nice brioche. That's the only thing I haven't gotten yet, though. Yeah, is the yeah. is the rolls. Yeah, that's good. The rolls, yeah, the rolls is is key. It's oh yeah, key. especially if you're good. Yeah, if you're gonna have like kind of a not like a cheat because it's just protein, but like if you're gonna have kind of like one of those good Sunday meals, good roll really completes it. 
some of them were definitely more cheat meals than other like the past yeah past three weeks um because this is like kind of the the sunday is like my one day that i kind of like not let yeah, loose time. but like yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i kind of uh don't really be as strict with the calories and stuff like that so um yeah some days are more cheaty than the others but uh the past couple of weeks i've been keeping it kind of simple um still kind of like a cheat because you're <clears throat> not doing the same foods and you're probably cooking with more oils and fats and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i've been doing just like a, a solid <clears throat> portion of protein and then just like a few side dishes um yeah that's good yeah but it's been good man i've been i've been Those... boosting my game yeah that's the growth meals right there that's that's the oh, yeah that's how you get big that's <laughs> when i was a kid that's all we every every like dinner meal man you're getting mac and cheese and hot dog or whatever oh, you're yeah, you uh, gotta go in chicken thighs or whatever we're we're growing every <laughs> every like dinner 80 percent of your calories are coming from that Dude, dinner that dinner is big time so <laughs> that's how i used to <laughs> i think that's how i got bigger when i grew up um so that's funny that's funny your family's doing good yeah yeah, yeah. they're all doing good man we uh all had that ooh, yeah is hannah the, good too the flu the yeah. what'd you call it the wuhan flu wuhan flu so we all got rid of that Okay, uh, so we're all good. solid now yeah hannah's nice. good yep, she got nice. over it yeah i think my whole family got hit by it too um dude like new year's christmas, christmas new year's, yeah new yeah. year's christmas was ridiculous yeah luckily i avoided it but um i don't know i've had it before so maybe that's why i don't know yeah but, yeah, yeah um i guess just good luck <laughs> so i guess half of it so um so today we're going to kind of talk about um some training kind of talk about our experiences before um before college during college after college um and just kind of have a nice open format kind of explain what we wish we knew when we started training what we've learned um throughout our time training and um and just what we're using now what we're utilizing um with our current training our split stuff like that so um, hopefully everyone can relate to this everyone most people listening probably um train some some type of way in the weight room running something like that or just play a sport so hopefully you can relate and learn a little something from this and give us some feedback, uh, what you like and didn't like. So we'll start out first with um, kind of when we started training. When I remember you were talking about it. Was that in when you started to get serious with football? Was that around junior year you started training? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had always before. been training before that, probably yeah. since like modified is when we like had scheduled workouts in the gym and stuff like that. Um, yep. I never really liked it. I honestly hated it. Just one, because I was weak and two, yeah. um, I don't know. I just wasn't really into it at the time, but um, I would say around junior year, yeah, is when I got more serious into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much starting out, I kind of just like stuck to the basics. Um, whatever we did in the weight room, so it was a lot of uh, bench squat, deadlift, hang clean, uh, that kind of stuff. And I didn't really stray from that. So whatever we did in the weight room was kind of what uh, my workouts were. I didn't do any extra work, um, extra workouts of my yep. own starting out it was kind of all just in the weight room but yeah i knew i needed it to get better um yeah you know what i mean for my sports uh, and that was that became pretty apparent just through like coaching and, and training um trainers that i had and then yeah. i would say towards yeah junior year or actually i'd say sophomore year my first year on varsity is when i kind of started to like idolize those kids in the weight room that you mm-hmm. know could push big weight and yeah and, and those kids that could push big weight, it really translated to the field because they were beasts on the field. And that's when I wanted to start getting better on the field, 
uh, significantly too. So I started to really idolize those guys and I kind of tried to like hone in on my own craft and see where I could get better, um, see what they were doing. I was just soaking up a bunch of knowledge because <clears throat> I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be one of those guys that when I was a senior, uh, the, the younger guys were looking up to him being like, dang, like he's a beast oh, in the yeah. room. He puts in the yeah. work and, <laughs> and it shows on the field. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely idolized those guys and, and kind of and, and perfect. Now I wouldn't say perfected, try to like perfect my own craft with it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess once I started getting strong now and I got that fever of like lifting heavy weights, <clears throat> it became like an obsession of just max out every single day. But I just <laughs> needed to, to push the limits. I needed to max out. Um, so it was, it was either a one, two or three rep max each session. Not sure if that was the smartest. We'll yeah. kind of jump into that in a little bit. Um, and yeah, I started watching YouTube and I found a few YouTuber guys like Rich Piana. Rich Piana was like one of Hell my yeah. first YouTube guys that I watched. Yes, sir. An absolute unit with tattoos everywhere. I was like, dude, that's me. Like, I got to be Rich Piana. So I, I adapted a lot of his principles and stuff like that. And it was just, yeah. It was crazy. I was just eating everything in sight, just trying to get massive, maxing out weights in a weight room all the time. So that's kind of how it started before I really started to, uh, you know, come to college and, and perfect the craft. Yeah. What about you, man? Yeah, it started. I mean, I remember one of the first times I was at the Y, YMCA, um, lifting with my brothers and we were benching. I was probably like freshman, sophomore year. And I think I had a 10 on each side and I was like grinding out some reps. And like that was my first time I remember like lifting. I was like, damn. And I saw other people, like you were saying, um, who were good on the field, just repping out like a plate or two. I'm like, what? How do you even like? How do you even get there? It was almost like unmotivating. Like I was oh, almost okay. like that was before I reached the newbie gains, that phase where you're like just yeah. starting to lift. You feel weak as hell. You don't know yep. the technique. You don't know what you're doing, and you're like, how is this even possible to like even get a plate on each side? And I was That's... like, man, this is crazy. And then eventually, so I'd kind of like stray from the weight room in the off season. Um, I would go uh, to Menden, which is Menden High School uh, back in Rochester. That's where the weight room was for off-season lifting. So I would go there sometimes, but I wasn't consistent with high school workouts. And, um, and then sophomore year of high school, I hurt my back, missed the whole season. And um, then that off-season, I, I missed. I didn't even start lifting until after winter break. So I just like, took the whole time off because I just couldn't move. And then eventually that – so that spring I started lifting, lifting hard um I was really motivated and just like um I was just focused more on lifting but nothing like crazy I was still like I would still kind of avoid the power cleans I would do squats sometimes like I was a big bench guy not as much the lower Everyone body was. everyone's yeah. a bench guy when they first start out because <laughs> clean seemed so like complicated with the technique and our coaches tried to teach it all the time but like it's tough when you got 30 40 guys in the weight room all just young high school kids just trying to max out like you're saying all the time because they're like fuck it let's just get, let's toss the plates on and then like I'm just like I don't even know how to clean I don't want to I don't know what I'm doing and then squats are just uncomfortable and difficult so like I would just half avoid them and then we played junior year and then um after junior season that's when I started that's when I, I mentioned before coach wanted me to gain weight and get better and saw something in me and then that's when I started lifting more really committed myself to the weight room um but that was like that off season was the first time I lifted three four five times a week consistently for a whole year and that's when I yeah I got my bench I don't know before it was probably 225 got it up to 315 or like stuff like that like moving up 
some solid weights because we was always to watch um we always watched the kids power clean we did like a power clean um power clean competition and guys would be power clean like 225 and i was like dang i don't know how anyone did that and then eventually got mine there and stuff like that but i think a lot of it is you need that encouragement i think in the beginning for some guys at least i know for me and my brothers we all were like we weren't really committed to lifting until we until we had somebody tell us like hey we need to do it and then they bring you along and they kind of show you what to do and then after like a month you're bought in you're like all right i'm getting strong now i can see a little bit of differences I'm moving like once you start getting adding some weight, seeing like any semblance of muscle on your body, and you're then you're like, all right, you're getting some confidence, um, and it's uh it's very good. So that was kind of my first experiences, and um, as then as I gained weight, I got stronger too, which makes sense. Um, so that really helped the confidence lifting as well. Yeah, so that's um, kind of like the thing with anything, not just like for athletics, like we're talking about, like anybody yep. who's just entering the gym, all they need is a good mentor somebody who yeah. can kind of like teach them the ropes, whether that be online, YouTube, that kind of stuff, Instagram, finding a good mentor like that, or having a friend that wants to go and push you every day. So like having a mm-hmm. good mentor um, to kind of like guide you through the initial first steps or having a friend that's kind of new with you. And then you guys can both go through the experience together um, is the, is the first step. And then the second step, it, what you said is, is starting to see the gains, like the newbie gains. Yep. And that's kind of what just, that's when the addiction starts, when you start seeing those newbie gains, um, whether it be strength or hypertrophy, because um, they happen fit, uh, they happen quick. That first like six months to six to 18 months, I would say when you're in the gym is when you're going to see the oh, most yeah. growth and <clears throat> strength, size, everything. So it, it becomes an addiction pretty quick. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time. I definitely wish I could go back because there's definitely some things that I could have improved upon, which is what we're going to touch on next. Yep. But, uh, yeah, great. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important. I think for people to, um, yeah, that's the key. If you haven't been lifting seriously or haven't been training seriously, whatever your goals are, whether you want to run or lift, um, I think so having somebody to push you is really important. Having somebody you can kind of model yourself after you can realize they, they came from what you did. They weren't strong or fast and then they eventually improved. And then like we mentioned previously, setting goals is huge in life. Um, no matter if you're, doing personal training like you are or you're getting a job or um doing whatever you're doing playing a sport all this stuff is really important to have goals um and that's how it is and if you're in high school or you just want to start lifting send some simple goals going three four times a week having a, a good plan of how you want to train is really important just when starting out i'm sure you you notice that when you're training people who haven't been training a lot just send a simple plan and they probably grow a lot oh yeah it doesn't have to be anything over the top when you're first yeah. starting out uh, don't overcomplicate things um, at all because again they don't need to be uh, a lot yeah. of it is nervous system adapt adaptation at the beginning anyway so mm-hmm. you're going to see gains pretty much no matter what you do but I think a good point what you said was identifying that your mentors or whoever pushes you what pushes you um, they were like you at one point too so uh, not just looking at them and thinking like they were never at ground zero yeah like you're at right yeah they now. weren't they weren't just uh, swole as hell like out the womb like they had to yeah. grow into that like you you got to be happen. able to connect with them yeah absolutely yep. so I, th- I think that's really big um and then w- what else were you to say nothing i was just uh, if you were ready to move on i was just going to go yeah. to the what we could have done better um that yeah, kind of thing sure. i mean we already touched on it a little bit but um do you want to start yeah, i think i think for me at least was hitting legs and being consistent i think those two um which really just comes down to being uncomfortable 
Like if you're uncomfortable in the weight room, you're working hard still, you're working through the uncomfortability. That's really, that's really key. And that's, if you're, you have, if you're starting, if you're 30 and you haven't lifted, that's just the key. Get uncomfortable, do things that are uncomfortable and keep pushing through. And I think for me, I got uncomfortable when I was younger and sometimes um, would just quit instead of pushing through. And um, I, I think that was to the detriment of sometimes, especially midway through high school. Um, if it was like squats or cleans, and I just didn't want to, I was like, this is hard as hell. I don't really know how to do it. I'm too afraid to ask anybody for like serious help. They've already showed me the basic technique, but like a little more help. And I think if I had to go back, I would say, I would just focus more on basics, focus more on my squat technique, clean technique, being consistent, showing up. If it's, we had lifts Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would sh- and then the, the, key, the key for me, if I had to go back, was just showing up consistently, go there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, work hard. And I think that's something that can be um, taken as advice for anybody in any kind of phase of life is just is kind of do things that are uncomfortable and be consistent with it. And I think that can help you grow a ton. How about you? Absolutely. Um, I would say the biggest things that if I would, if I had a chance to go back and change, uh, definitely would just be focusing on technique and form. Um, I knew yep. basic technique and form, like you were saying, uh, we were taught basics. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like as far as like the squat go, I definitely wasn't getting full depth on my squats. Um, bench, I, I would lift my, but off the bench, probably about two feet just to get that 135 rep up. Um, and just a whole bunch of stuff. Like it, I, it was kind of sloppy form and it was all ego lifting. So it was all how much weight could I push? Um, yeah. And that's kind of when the newbie game started is when that ego lifting started. It was just like <clears throat> form kind of went out the window and more weight went on the bar. Um, and yep. that's not how you should do it. Uh, you should take a slow, progressive uh, overload approach. And I wish I just had more programming. So like on the side, when I would come in and do workouts on my own, that wasn't with the football team. Again, it was all me and my boys just straight. We would just grab dumbbells and see who could curl the most. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just that. <laughs> it was just a straight competition of egos at that point yeah. <laughs> with uh, form and, and safety thrown out the window. So yeah, I would say that it's probably the biggest thing that I wish I could go back and change and just kind of have more of like a period periodization, like mesocycle approach to things with, with small goals and, and form in mind. Yeah. Have you watched the YouTube channel Renaissance periodization yeah. with Mike yeah. Rizzotel? Yeah. yeah. He's, I like, I've watched him a lot about kind of just training and programming and stuff. Uh, Coach Con McNally actually put me onto him like two years ago and he's, I watch that YouTube all the time. He's awesome. The only thing with his channel is it can get so yeah. boring sometimes because he's just sitting there in like a, a, a lean back chair, you know what I mean? Just talking yeah. to the camera. <laughs> he's just chilling. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're doing the same thing, but yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like a, we it's are. like a lecture. It's like, uh, because he, he just has the PowerPoint right next to him. But like, I, I don't know. He, he has like those funny dad jokes and I, I like yeah. the dad jokes. So I can, I kind of get, uh, I get attached to it. But yeah, check out Renaissance Periodization on YouTube for some good programming. Absolutely. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty funny to watch. Yeah, and his his just information is is, is critical. I mean, he has a lot yeah. of good things to bring to the table. Yeah, and I think he's a yeah he's a doctor. He's a, I think he's PhD in whatever nutrition or yeah yep. um what is it exercise science. So yeah, he's pretty smart. Um, so, but yeah, so kind of going through high school now, we can kind of transition into kind of experiences in college, how training changed, um, and then what kind of went on during college training, especially playing uh, Division One football. Um, I can start, I guess, for, for me, I think one of the biggest difference or the two biggest differences I noticed was first um, in the weight room, the, the less time that you have the rest, 
it's just more intense. You're going, um, you always have multiple things going on at once and you always have to be focused. You always have to be moving um, in a positive attitude with a positive um, body posture, all that stuff. Um, so you've got to, whatever you're going bench press, you hit, you hit the bench press. And then after that, you're either spotting somebody or you're going to do a set of lat pull downs or a set of band pull aparts. And you're always running everywhere too. You, you can't walk anywhere. And if you walk anywhere, your coaches could get mad. Obviously, unless you're like maxing out squats and stuff, it's a little different. It's a little different environment, but normally it's a high pace environment and it's not CrossFit. You're working on form technique. Most of the reps are whatever kind of three to eight and they're nothing super long, but it's all really just really quick um, going around everywhere and in the, the workouts get a lot of stuff done, but they're really fast and usually have some workout partners in there. And that was something I wasn't used to is the speed. I used to bench back in high school, hit a set of bench, go walk around, talk to my buddies, go to the water fountain, come back for the next set. And like this, it wasn't you bench. Then you go hit your lat pull downs. <clears throat> then you go hit your band pull aparts. You come back to bench, your hands are fried. You're like, your forms are fried. You're going. And then you're like, I can do so much more than 185 for six, but you're only doing 185 for six. And you feel like a pussy and you're just like, what is going on? And that's something I never really, um, really knew about when I went into college. I thought it was going to be similar, just hitting heavy weights and then just kind of yeah. rest. And that's, that's more powerlifting. And then the second thing I noticed was the intensity during running. Um, we didn't do a ton of conditioning and I don't know how many high schools do a ton of con conditioning and especially in the off season. But for us, we ran a good amount when we got to UB um, throughout my time. And it was really helpful, obviously on the field, you're, you're heavily conditioned. You can play um, a lot of snaps and stuff, but in high school, I wasn't used to that. So just that overall conditioning, just the warm up, like the first week, I remember I had like a cramp in the warm up just because I wasn't even like, I was out of shape, but like I was hydrated. I was everything. My body just wasn't used to like that, that much running and lifting. Um, so their overall intensity was just um, much higher than high school. That was the, basically the first summer. That's what I noticed. How about you? What were the first couple things you noticed? Yeah. So kind of similar to you, um, fairly similar, actually pace, time management, mm -hmm. intensity, and programming were all through the roof compared yeah. to high school. Um, so yeah, the coaches know what they're doing. They know how much time they have to work with and they know what needs to get done. So when mm -hmm. you get in there, like you were saying, there's no messing around. It's you're locked in. Um, and there's no walking. It's all fast pace. And that's something I'm definitely wasn't used to from high school. Um, yep. And time management, meaning like you were saying, you hit your bench and then you're immediately onto something else. You're onto a, a band pull apart. So it's like a push pull movement or you're hitting mm -hmm. your bench immediately um, spotting your partner. And then yep. you guys are going off to do dumbbell rows before your next yep. to the bench. So time management, um, free, like, and then, and then uh, intensity, intensity was huge. Uh, when you have multiple strength coaches and about, I don't know how many guys were in our lift groups around 20 to 30. Yeah. 20 to like 30. That. Yeah. Yeah. So intensity with 20, to 30 guys, um, three, four strength coaches. It's like a test boosting environment. You know what I mean? They're all, yeah. the music's going, uh, we're all running around. Like it's kind of hard to like not be into it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. even that, in, in the early mornings, like when I would wake up super tired, like, Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to get up. Yeah. And then you're there and like, you're around all your buddies and, and the strength coaches and the music gets playing. And then after the warm up or whatever, it's like, it feels like it could be one, two in the afternoon. Like you're just locked in, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so that was something I noticed. And then, just like the, the strict programming 
like we had so many great strength coaches that put us through so many different types of programs, but yeah. I, I feel like all of them benefited us in, in one way or another. Um, but as far as conditioning, like you were saying, I honestly think I was pretty solid conditioning wise. Um, I did a lot of, we did a lot of bigger, I would say. You're good. Sparky. Sorry. I'll wait one second. Let me just wait. Sparky. I'll do, we'll just edit this part out. Sparky. Sparky's staying the weekend. He's staying the weekend with us. And uh, I think Madeline's just getting home from working out. Sorry. You're good. He's just a nuisance. Um, um, so as far yeah. as like programming or uh, uh, the conditioning, it was, I was pretty good. We did a, a decent amount of Victor and then I did the want to get fast on the side. So we did a bunch there too. So, but I do remember that first week, uh, you and, uh, Mr. Jake Mullen had struggled a little bit. <laughs> uh, we should have Jake on here one day. He can talk about his uh, first week at Buffalo. Yeah, we'll definitely have Jake on. Jake's, he played uh, fullback and tight end with us. He went to high school with me, um, Jake Mullen, and he's, he was number 44, stud fullback. And Dude, night and day difference. Day. Night and day difference from day one to now. I'm going to be honest, Jake, if you're watching this, I didn't know if you were going to make it, man. I didn't know if you were going to make it that first week. But uh, from where you were to where you are now is incredible. And uh, that's, oh, that's hard work, dedication, and, and being an absolute psychopath in the gym and on the field. And he's got, like, I was always confident because he just had that, like, that hit power, which you just can't teach. Yeah. Like, if you watch his, like, well, high and school he, highlights. Dude, though, he's just straight no no quit, like, on anything. Yeah. Like, the dude yeah. could literally, his finger could be completely sideways, perpendicular to the rest. Yeah. And he will go line up and do it again and smack you as hard as he can. There's no oh, way. Yeah. He's an absolute yeah. dog. Yeah. He's going to go until he just passes out. Like he's, yeah. and, but yeah, he's, he might have the best, like just five minute film session I've ever seen. Like just watching, even from UB too, if you put on his film, like some of his Ridiculous. just inside zone, split zone, go crack back to the end is just wild. Like he just folds dudes. Um, so I'm excited for him. He's going to do the pro day. And I think in March, um, I know he's gonna kill it, hit hella bench press. He's gonna be faster than I think people realize. He's got a little more straight line speed. Than I think his realize. linear, his linear speed is good. I've always yeah. said that. I've always said yeah. he's not the most agile when it comes to maybe like route running or something like that. But that's yeah. not his game anyway. He doesn't need to do that. His yeah, linear speed is, yeah. is 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 good enough. Very good. So. Yeah, and he's really good on special teams too. Um, the special teams ability is key, and um, so we're we're rooting for uh, Jake coming up in march and then uh in the draft process and all that so it's all um it's all good for him we're uh past teammate from the 585 um and then i was going to mention one other thing i think from from training um is kind of the rehab and recovery aspect of it that maybe wasn't um paid attention to as much in high school we um i think in high school it was just go lift as hard as you can until you can max out and then just go home rest and then the next day do the same thing and in college i don't know if it's just we i don't know our joints just age a little quicker than normal people but by the time sometimes in college especially later in college you gotta recover like from man, every workout dude. yeah you feel like an old man i remember coming in that college and people were in our some of our um past teammates and older guys were like you gotta get in the weight get in the training room go roll out and i was like i feel fine i don't need to do that are you hitting ice tub i'm like i'm not going to ice tub i feel good yep. And then by year three and four, I'm like, oh, man, I got to do that. So I think one of the biggest aspects um, that a lot of people overlook and maybe some people don't need to pay as much attention to if they're not playing football, they're not taking all the hits. But at least for us, um, it was really important just to hit that uh, that rehab, recovery, stretch, all that stuff um, 
I think that's something I kind of neglected earlier in my college career and maybe paid the price for it later. What about yeah, you? The same thing. I never really <clears throat> paid too much attention to it when I was younger uh, in my college career, but you would see those older guys, like those fifth, six-year seniors walking around limping all everywhere, like limping them back and forth to the ice bath. They just lived in the training room. And you can kind of tell um, who took care of their body and who didn't <clears throat> over the years. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And again, I was the same guy. I was that guy that was like, wow, why are they so beat up, man? Why are they walking like they're 80 years old? Like, I feel great. I'm ready to do another workout. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But yeah, so uh, like you were saying, like the foam rolling, stretching, <clears throat> uh, Normatec, that kind of stuff, ice baths. And then even besides that, you can do all that stuff. But if you're not sleeping and you're not eating right, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So I would say sleep, yep. nutrition, and then uh, taking care of like soft tissue work, uh, mobility and things like that would be most imperative uh, for long-term success, especially yeah, training think, at that frequency and, and, and intensity. And if you have anything nagging, like I think sometimes people will like whatever they're squatting their hips, I'll, hips just doesn't feel right, but they just keep, keep going or whatever the thing is. I think if you have any nagging stuff, whether you're playing sports or not, just kind of address that instead of just ignoring it. I used to be a big ignore guy. I'd like my shoulder's a little sore today ignore it it doesn't mean stop the workout skip the workout or even do anything but just take take that as a mental note my shoulder doesn't feel great today I'm still gonna hit the workout I'm not gonna not do it but let me just go after hit some stretches hit some band stretches some strengthening exercises stuff simple stuff like that just so you're not completely ignorant to the fact that you could get hurt eventually maybe not now um, but you could get hurt eventually so just be um, proactive with the approach I think is really important whether you're playing sports or not especially you know, if, in normal life, you don't want to be hindered by some weight room accident. If you're, if you're just working a job and you're going to lift and then you get hurt lifting, it's going to, you might not want to go back and lift. So you want to make sure that if you prevent these, any kind of injuries, just by taking care of yourself, if you're like when knees sore, look up some knee exercises, simple stuff like that can really be helpful for keeping people just in fitness in general. Um, absolutely. I was just going to touch on that a little bit. So yeah. just avoiding the injuries like you were saying, optimizing the things that we just talked about before. So like the, the soft tissue, foam rolling, sleep, nutrition, all that, optimizing those first and then listening, just listening to your body. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like you were just saying, like, if your knee hurts, don't freaking ignore it. Like get it, like get it done. Um, take care of yourself or else it could turn into a lingering nagging thing that and, and in a few years time could be more than just nagging you know what i mean so yep. listening to your body whether that be um you're not getting enough sleep so you got to go to bed now earlier uh you got to maybe you're not feeling great and you need a deload instead of just trying to keep pushing through it and then your central nervous system is fried and you can't focus at work that day you know what i mean so yeah yeah just listening to your body and addressing things and not ignoring it i think it's huge um what else yeah. did i have here um no, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, and then I had one question since you're training people and stuff. How often do you do deloads? Because I've been lifting since football ended, which is early December, pretty consistently. I don't think I've deloaded. Like, how often do you deload for clients? I was, I was wondering. So it really depends. Um, if you're somebody who's on an aggressive program that is, like, mm -hmm. pushing incredibly hard every day, um, yeah. your central nervous system is going to need uh, more rest than others. You know what I mean? So. Uh, whether that be just frequency of the week. So maybe you're only working out four times a week instead of six, 
uh, if you're really mm. pushing the intensity and frequency. So deloads for them might be more often than people who are just in the gym to uh, maybe get their step right, step up or get their heart rate up for the day. You know what I mean? Not really sure. Uh, build crazy muscle or anything like that. So um, kind of just depending yeah. on them though, how they, how they're feeling. So like yep. I said, if they're, if they're super dragging every day, um, they're, they're tired every day, they can't make it through the day. Um, then, and their weights start going down in the gym. So they've, they've, they've gone up from the initial programming, maybe they'll mm -hmm. plateau, but then if they yep. start going back down or if this plateau stays, a yeah. low leap might be in, in, uh, the realm of conversation. So that's kind of how I deal it. Um, uh, and then I do that with myself too, just keeping track of numbers, um, and, and your progress. And then, yeah, that makes sense. And I think one last thing about college, I think that's really helpful is having just coaches there and people who are motivated. I think surrounding yourself with motivated individuals who have your best goals in, in mind are really important. I think, you know, as athletes, we can take that um, for granted, especially because we're just used to having strength coaches who want you to get stronger, bigger, faster, healthier. And then we sometimes are like, oh, these guys are just pushing us so hard. Or it's almost like we look at them like, oh, like a nuisance, but actually they're helping us a ton. Um, so I think that's something is, if you never played couch sports or whatever, having somebody who's either a training partner who knows a little bit more about um, training and nutrition is helpful or just having a coach is really important. I think um, you never want to be the smartest person in your group. And uh, with college, I definitely wasn't, whether it was with football or training, I had a ton of, we had tons of coaches who knew a ton about football and a ton of coaches who knew a ton about training. I think that's, that's really important to take when you leave athletics, you want to make sure you have smarter people around you who can kind of help um, build that mindset and, and build your goals up, uh, whether it's on the field or off the field or in the weight room or in the work environment. So I think that's all really um, applicable to any aspects of life as well. Absolutely. Get those all, coaches. About, all about leveling up, man. You never want to be yeah. the smartest guy in the room. You always want people yep. around you that, uh, you know, have more, more to offer. And then yeah. you pick up on it. So yeah, Absolutely. I, would, I would fully agree with that. And then we can, I kind of, I'm interested to hear, especially about your um, training post-grad because I've watched your Instagram account and, and watched you do a lot of more, almost like more bodybuilding, uh, definitely more mind muscle connection focused exercises. So how does, how's the training kind of, so it went from high school, you're maxing out all the time. You got the fuck it mindset. you got the newbie gains. You're getting, you're hitting 135 last week on bench, then 155 the next week, next month yeah. you're at 185. You're like, let's go. This is going to happen forever. This is how, and then it's, it eventually slows down. You get to college. It's more about endurance mindset you're learning more about that the mental aspect of lifting training how to apply that onto the field the small details in the weight room applying onto the field how those relate they'll connect the small details whether it's your technique is going to happen on the field or if you do something stupid in the weight room you get a penalty on the field they connect all that and then after learning all those different things how is your training kind of transitioned into now you've lost weight you're leaner you look fucking ripped How's the training kind of, um, how's it changed for you? And what do you like, what do you like more? And what do you kind of wish you, um, I don't know, wish you didn't do, I guess. Um, I would say the biggest difference now compared to then is going to be what you were saying, the application. Um, yeah. So the translation and the application between weight room to the field, that was kind of all we were, you know, focused on. Obviously we were focused on getting stronger in the weight room yep. overall, but, and putting on weight or, or losing weight, depending on what kind of guy you were. Um, he was always kind of putting on weight and mm -hmm. getting stronger, but translating that to the field. So everything we did in the weight room, whether it be power clean, uh, overhead presses, anything like that was to 
directly translate to a better play um, when we would lace it up. So now I'm definitely not focused on anything like that. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I guess my biggest principles now is feeling good, feeling healthy, having good joints. Um, yes. Yeah, muscle, just everything healthy. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's definitely more of a mind-muscle connection. Um, we've, I've transitioned from maybe the three to six rep range, which is for strength, power, output, to now, dude, I, I even fluctuate. I go up to like 25 reps on some things. So uh, like what? I'm, I'm interested here. Um, I would say the biggest things that I would do highest reps on uh, that I think I can get away with and still recover is like rear delts. So rear delts, mm. I don't go too heavy on. Um, when I go yep. too heavy, I don't feel it. Um, I keep the the weights relatively lighter and I hit like between 15 and 25 reps or something like that. Just to get that crazy pump in my rear delts. Yep. Um, rear delts, I keep shoulder or I just, shoulder day in general. I keep shoulders pretty um, high reps. Yeah. I just did that. Um, I had a back workout today and I did the little rear delt um, kind of tricep. I did uh, Jeff Nick, what I'm doing is push pull legs kind of split right now. Yep. I saw on YouTube. And I had a rear delt, like the um, reverse fly rear delt machine where you're going. I had um, 15 to 20 reps and then face pulls and then band pull aparts. And that was all 15, 20 reps. So I can, and he kind of said, get the, get the blood, get the pump in there with the kind of the more reps. That makes sense. I that start sense. with rear delts on shoulder day. Oh, really? Yeah. I start with rear delts and then I'll hit uh, the laterals and then maybe I'll do a press at the end or something. I'm not too focused on pressing when it comes to shoulder day. Is that just because of shoulder health or you don't feel it as much? No, because you're hitting, I hit chest twice a week and oh, okay. I'm hitting chest twice a week and I pair chest with shoulders, but yep. you're already hitting your front delt all the time just through any pressing movement you're doing, whether it be flat or incline. So you sure. don't really need to keep drilling that front delt <clears throat> when yeah. you're doing shoulders. I focus on uh, keeping them wide. So that's like the lateral raises and then that rear delt. You can't forget about the rear delt, but yep. um. Yeah, overall, going back to what we were talking about, just from lower rep ranges to higher rep ranges, and I focus on now not moving the weight just for the sake of saying I moved 300 pounds. It's all mind muscle. Literally, you'll catch me in the gym like straight eyes closed during my reps. Yeah, And it's, that's just straight <laughs> me trying to connect as hard as I can with whatever muscle group that I'm using. <clears throat> and I've noticed a huge difference just on I mean, not even growth because I've been like losing so much weight. So it's kind of hard to tell whether you're growing or not because you're in such a deficit, but just like being able to get a pump in my chest if I want it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the way we were training in college, like you would, I would never really get a pump in a weight room. Maybe at the end when we would do like a, a finisher set or something like that. But Coach Lou. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. But it was all just straight power output translation. So yeah, definitely it's now more focused on joints feeling good, healthy muscles, feeling healthy and mind muscle connection overall higher reps. Yeah. What about yeah, you? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I think for me, um, definitely went in <clears throat> to the health mode postseason. um, did pretty similar exercises, still focused on the big exercises. Um, kind of got used to squatting again. I haven't, I didn't squat since like May, um, just due to the back. So just been, um, kind of getting used to hitting the weights again, still really, um not nothing too heavy i'm starting to push the weights a little higher on bench squat i'm trying to push the weights a little bit but it just tweaks the back so easily so i'm trying to be cautious with it i'm just getting a belt as well for um for squatting and stuff and then i'm just been uh, doing a ton of core uh, stability workouts been doing <clears throat> the mcgill big three all the time 
And then I've been doing a lot of uh, variations of walking with like a really heavy kettlebell, dumbbell, something like that with one arm and really focusing on the side core stability. A lot of planks, um, focusing on the mind muscle connection with planks has been really interesting. I never really even focused on my core and planks. I was just focused on staying up as long as I could and just have like somewhat of a flat back, but now I'm really focusing on squeezing, whether it's side planks, squeezing, squeezing, yeah, squeezing the abs and it feels way better. And, um, and now I'm not worried, like, obviously I want to keep improving my times, but I want to make sure I have that squeeze. And it's the same way with most work, most parts of the workouts now is focusing on that mind muscle connection. I think legs, I had a pretty good one in college just because we've done so many different leg movements, uh, those hamstring curls, um, we did the lunges squats. So I, I had, feel like I have a pretty good connection with the legs, but especially my back, I never had a great connection with, I don't think we hit a ton of, we hit back, but nothing like crazy besides bent over rows, lat pull downs, pretty basic stuff. And now kind of getting more, um, used to just working out the back, focusing on the squeeze. Um, I think my back is growing the most out of anything, um, just because of that, because I think it was just, um, wasn't focused on for so many years throughout high school and college. And that's partially my fault as well, just because I kind of neglected it. Um, as a lineman, I was like, I don't, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to do pull-ups in 300 pounds. I only can do like three or four pull-ups anyway. So I never really focused on back because it was almost like seemed like too heavy of a task. Um, so now I'm just kind of getting used to that. And then for arms, especially, I don't feel like my arms ever grew, especially it would off season, they'd get bigger during the season. I would be beat up. So I like, if I do curls, my forms would be ripped up um, or any of that stuff, my shoulder, whatever it is, is all beat up. So I didn't hit a lot of arms. So now I'm hitting that consistently. And it's, uh, it's been, it's fun that it's kind of trained uh, differently. I definitely miss training with teammates and coaches though. Um, that's one of the biggest things, just having the whole weight room lit is just a great time. So especially, that's the kind of the days that you don't want to be there at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think a good piece you, of it, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask kind of your, what's your, like your main ways to get ready to work out in the morning. I know you train people early. Um, I know we've both lifted early. What are like some of the, I think for some people, um, it's tough to lift or work out or run after a long day of work, whatever you work nine to five and you don't want to go to the gym at six. It's like, then it pushes back your whole day. You can't go to bed early. So how do you kind of get ready to work out, whether it's 5am, 6am like that? Yeah. So pretty much I'm scheduling my workouts around clients. So it could be 8am one day, 6am another day, 6pm another day. So it's, it's, I don't really have a strict schedule. Um, and that kind of sucks. I wish I did, but it is what it is. Like you were saying, um, I guess the best ways that I will get myself mentally ready, even if it's like a bad day for me, is always having a good meal before, um, whether that be like an hour and a half before or, or two hours. Um, so I always have like a decent meal with a with a high amount of carbs just to give me some energy. And then having, I need some sort of, of stimulant, <clears throat> whether that be caffeine, a pre-workout, coffee, something. Um, I do take breaks from those. So yeah. Uh, if it's like an easier day for me, um, I won't go heavy on the stimulants. I'll take a pump product instead with uh, no stim. So I would say the biggest days though, when I'm really struggling, it's got to have a good meal, um, decent amount of carbs, and like a pre-workout just gets me going. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. What do you like the pump products? I've never I've never taken <clears throat> those without stims. How is that? Like, what what do you feel? I'm a huge pump product guy, dude. I have like four different really? ones. Yeah. Oh pump yeah. Shit they're amazing um and there's a bunch of good brands out there that make some good ones there's some brands out there that are money grabbers so you got to just watch out for it and look at the what are the good ones um i noticed that so gorilla mind yeah uh, i like gorilla 
yeah, Gorilla Mind has amazing pump products. Uh, Gorilla Nitric is what it's called. Yep. Um, they got some good flavors in there. Um, another good one is huge, huge supplements. Um, this is what I recently have found and I haven't straight away. I take their BCAs pre-workout pump product. All oh, cool. of it. So check huge, it out. huge supplements, uh, Gorilla Mode. What's another like really solid one? Is that with the glycerolized in there? Glycerol in the pump glycerol. product? Glycerol. Yep, yeah, glycerol, I've seen them talk about um, that. Okay. Astrogen, or I think it's astrogen or something like that. Uh, glycerol. So yeah. it's, 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 they're all nitric oxide boosters is basically what it is. Yep. Some will have like beetroot powder in them, but another big one just for blood flow, blood flow overall is citrulline. Um, you want to mm. look for pure citrulline, so L-citrulline, not citrulline malate. Um, a lot of companies will say, oh, this product has six grams, which is like the upper upper limits i mean gorilla Threshold, has yeah. nine or ten yeah. but um some will say oh we have six grams of citrulline in our pump product and it's citrulline malate so and it's that's generally a two to one ratio which means there you're really only getting three grams of citrulline because oh, citrulline kind of attached you. to malic acid basically uh, so citrulline is what i look for and then glycerol uh the nitric the nitric oxide boosters and, and stuff like that but they're amazing nice. dude yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, and then I just want to hit on again. So for like, I think for my advice too, for because there's a lot of people who work out early, but sometimes they struggle. Um, and if you're working out at 6am, sometimes people don't want to eat before I know for myself, I don't have an appetite that early. And I think some like advice, I think I'm kind of with you. If you can have a nice meal, sometimes I like I'll make rice in the instant pot, and I'll make rice and eggs in the nighttime. And then I would just warm them up in the morning, eat them. But sometimes people aren't hungry at all. And in that case, maybe have like a banana. If you're working out at 5, 6 a.m., have a banana, have some coffee or some kind of pre-workout. Get those kind of pre-carbs in there. Um, or some people really like lifting on empty stomach. I know um, for me, I don't mind, especially like if it's not like day, I don't really need. I don't really like I've been doing intermittent fasting, so I don't even eat until 4 or 5 p.m. So I train every day fasted. And it's um, and if I have some good caffeine in me, I'm ready to rip, rip it up and, and get after it. So I think the main thing is, yeah, get some quick carbs if you're working out at 6 5 a.m. and then get some caffeine and hopefully on an empty stomach too if you're gonna work out um if you're gonna work out fasted have that caffeine it's probably gonna hit a little harder all those supplements and stuff that you take whether it's pumps might hit a little harder um i don't know specifically about pumps but i know caffeine for me does so and then i think get a good playlist going that's i've been playing some new music and it's been helping me out um since i've been enjoying that some old jay-z and and eminem mm -hmm. and some other mm -hmm. people um <laughs> so that's been good but I think the early morning workouts can be really helpful. I know for me, when I get like an early morning workout, I feel like I almost got more stuff done in the day yeah. um, because I, then I'll go to work and then I'm like, all right, I worked out today. I, I went to work and then I come home and I'm like, all right, now I can whatever read and do and then make food and then chill. And I feel like I did, did stuff. And sometimes waiting for that. Yeah. You feel accomplished. Sometimes working out later in the afternoon is easier because you get to sleep in. If you work at nine, maybe you sleep until seven 30. But then later in the day, you're just like, man, I don't it's just I don't you're feel kind of as dragging. Much. Yeah, you're dragging yep. and you almost feel like rushed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, know, I got to get home. I got to get my next meal. It's just I definitely prefer working out earlier. Yeah, get it done with if you can um, try to have a little bit of food. If you can, if not, don't have food, have some caffeine um, and then you can get after it. So what was the other question you were going to ask me? You were going to say something, I think. I don't know if you forgot. Maybe it was about. I think it might have been about just the fasting or was it after? 
I don't know. I do have a question for you about working yeah. out on an empty stomach though. I just yeah. noticed that like, if I'm ever going to do a workout on an empty stomach, it's going to be cardio, um, fasted cardio or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason you intermittent fast, is that because of health related reasons, or are you trying to just find a way to get in less calories and be in a deficit all day? Uh, what think- is the reason you do the intermittent fasting? Oh, I think it's a combination. Um, I've been watching a lot of David Sinclair, who's this uh, longevity doctor who's working on a bunch of different stuff, helping people age slower, live longer. Um, he's been talking about fasting is really important. One of the main, main um, contributing factors for people who live long. And uh, I do want to live long. So I've been trying to do the fasting and it just I'm kind of a fad diet guy like this is what mm-hmm. i like to do i've tried keto before i'm doing carnivore right now i like just trying things out i want to try vegan like i just enjoy trying things out doing you want to try vegan food. no yeah no, we, we yeah. got to touch on this you want to try i want to try it yeah why not so i want to try i love trying different things um so i i, I really i'm just interested in it and the intermittent fasting i want to reduce my mTOR which is your basically your protein in your body can increase aging even though it's really good for you it helps build muscle the more protein you have the faster you age um so is that like nitrogen does that have anything i don't know the amount of nitrogen in your body i think it might i'm not sure protein is very nitrogen rich yeah so maybe it's david sinclair he's got a great podcast and um but he's been talking about the fasting is really important and because i could eat 2,000 calories every meal and be completely fine because i'm so used to eating so much food that just reducing the window of eating is just um more convenient for me because like if i eat 500 calories for breakfast dude that's like nothing like that's yeah that's a snack so like yep. if i <laughs> if i have four four or five meals of 500 calories like it's just you like I, I prefer just to have one or two big meals anyway i feel more satisfied i feel more full um and it's just it just works out better for my lifestyle too because i can work out have some coffee go to work do my work i feel locked in i'm not uh, i don't have any brain fog or anything then i go home i'm finally getting hungry and then I do a little more work, or whatever. And then I have a meal at like four and then I have a meal at like seven. I'm usually good to go. So um, how many hours after your workout do you have your post-workout meal? Um, like five or six. Hmm. So yeah, it's obviously not conducive for like gaining maximum muscle. Um, but honestly, right now it's not my goal anyway. I'm just trying to lose, yeah. um, lose weight. And then eventually when I lose weight, then I'll probably go back into some kind of um, trying to gain muscle phase. But I still feel like I've got a good amount of muscle. Obviously, like, I don't know. It's, um, I don't feel like as good with the carb without the carbs. Um, but my endurance, I think does feel almost better. I've been running every workout besides, um, leg day and that feels pretty good. So yeah. I, I can't complain about that. I, I don't know that that mental clarity without eating just, um, is really, really helpful. And interesting for me. So that's why I really fast. Yep. All righty. Cool, cool. Yep. And um, then, um, we're going to head in the kind of what, the cardiovascular work we do um now that we're not running and moving all the time i thought that was a pretty interesting topic what do you what do you kind of think about that what do you do for cardio right now that we're not running on the field and doing uh, half gases and gas and full laps and stuff yeah so obviously we're not expending nearly as much energy moving around uh yeah. heart rate's not nearly as high as it always has been in the past and uh so that means calories need to come down or uh that kind of activity needs to stay the same um yep. i obviously where we're living now um, in New York, we don't have access to an indoor facility like we did at Buffalo. So, you know, crazy conditioning circuits and all that really isn't readily available to us. Um, But anyways, uh, I I chose the route of kind of decreasing calories because I'm not moving around as much. 
but I would say my main sources of cardio <clears throat> would be like 10 minute walks, uh, post meals. Um, mm-hmm. I always think those are super beneficial if I'm at the gym, uh, in between clients, if I'm having a meal, I'll eat the meal, walk on a treadmill for 10 minutes. Um, yeah. there's a lot of studies behind that. We can get into that another time, but, uh, mm-hmm. just for like blood glu- glucose regulation. Um, so the 10 minute walks, I do incline treadmill walks for probably like 20, 25 minutes, or I'll do like a, a bike. So I'll hit like the Peloton or the sit down bike, depending on how lazy I'm feeling that day. And I'll hit that for like 20 to 25 minutes. Um, and I keep it all pretty steady state. I don't really do any high intensity. Like I'll do some of the rowing machine. Like there's a good uh, few workouts that you can do on the rower that can get your yep. heart rate up. Uh, maybe around that 160, 170 range. But other than that, I don't really, I, I kind of keep my, my cardio steady state, maybe around 130 beats per minute um, yeah. in between like 130, 140. And I kind of just keep that heart rate going for around like 20 minutes. Um, maybe like, I'd say four, four days a week, I'll do cardio. Mm-hmm. And then the other days I'm, I'm still active and I'm still moving. Yeah. I'm still working out. Um, I'm just not hitting like a, a longer cardio session. I'm still doing the 10 minute walks or a 10 minute bike ride or something like that. <clears throat> but, uh, Oh, stair stepper. That was another oh, big one. When I was first losing weight, dude, stair steppers and the incline treadmill were like my go-tos. <laughs> I would lose. I, I lost a lot of weight doing the stair stepper, bro. I'd literally be in a pool of my own sweat, but dude, you I gotta be careful. Stepper. You gotta be careful because if you do that on leg day, you're screwed or you do it the day before leg day or day after so like honestly yeah what day do you do stair stepper what the fuck yeah so if i had leg day on like wednesday i would do a stair stepper on like monday um and then i would probably do it thursday friday so the day after um yeah because i'm not too worried about it the day after but the day before i don't want to just thrash my legs on the stair stepper for 40 minutes and then try to hit legs the next day what about you that's always kind of cardio forms you you were talking you that you run a little bit um, yeah what other like <laughs> slow run or stuff do you use yeah um so normally i've been a hypocrite lately normally i do the 10 minute walks it's been fucking cold as shit out here it's like zero degrees with the wind chill every day icy as hell i think i'm about to fall down so i haven't really um i haven't really been doing the 10 minute walks after meals to be honest i do some sometimes but it's just so cold and slippery out haven't been doing as much but before every workout i do i walk for 10 minutes on a treadmill walk about i don't know 0.6 miles, nothing crazy. Just kind of get the blood moving. And then after every workout I've been, besides leg day, I've been, so four to five days a week, I've been running, um, which is, I started at a mile, then 1.25 miles. Now I'm one and a half miles. So go. I do that for my four. So for four days a week, I, I do the run. And then every week I increase it by a quarter mile. So next week I'll be doing uh, one and three fourths miles and um, trying to work my way up to do a uh, 5k in the spring. So trying to get the cardio up and it's, I'd like, I don't know. I just like doing like goal oriented shit. So like mm-hmm. if I can just picture doing a 5k, then I can just kind of run and running for some reason for me, like, even though I'm not good at it, I'm not fast, but it just kind of like lets that like primal intensity out of me where I'm just like, especially when I'm outside, I'm just like, like talking to myself. I'm like, let's go. Let's like, I just get like hyped from doing hard things. And once I get through that first half a mile of being like, what am I doing? This stinks. It's um, then it gets easier. And that happened to me today. Like by the end, I was speeding up and I was like, I know I could do a little bit more, but I want to keep um, kind of working my way up so I don't get burned out and then be like, I'm not going to do it. So just trying to stay consistent. Um, but yeah, I walk before every workout and then I run after every workout. And then normally I had 
normally I get like 10,000 steps a day. Recently, it's been a little bit low, step but normally I, I do a lot of, yeah, step counter is big just for knowing um, kind of where you're at in the day. And I was like, we talked about before the neat um, is really important for just losing weight. The non, what is it? Non-exercise energy expenditure. Um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. There you go. Yeah. yeah. See, that's why I got you. You're smarter than me about this. So having that neat, uh, I know Stan Everything and you talk about that is really important. Just moving around throughout the day. And now during winter time, um, in here in Buffalo and Rochester, it can be really hard to do. So obviously like Zach's saying, go hit the treadmill, the stair stepper, all that can be really good cardio. And then, uh, running, I like running outside better too. I I've done both recently because all the treadmills were taken. So I just ran outside in the parking lot and tracked it. And now I prefer running outside. It's so it was, hmm. I'm excited to start doing that in the spring. Um, I think just cause I see different things. I don't just see the same window or wall, um, yeah. compared to the treadmill. So some of those um, sit down bikes, some of those sit down bikes, dude, they got the, uh, screens. You can ride your bike in uh, Paris. The fuck out of here. That's, that's not a, I don't like, I don't know. I don't, I'll just watch YouTube if I'm sound like, yeah. uh, no, I do I'm doing something like that. Yeah. Um, running it's too hard to like watch youtube or anything so i just lock in on something in the horizon out the window and then <laughs> just do it um I, um I also definitely do that with my clients though so like i know that it's winter time right now and it's hard to get outside and, and move around a lot so yeah i always start them with like a 10 minute walk and that's how i start yep. my workouts too i always start them with like a 10 minute brief walk maybe we'll do like mm -hmm. a six minute or something like that if they're pinched on time but i mm -hmm. i definitely recommend a quick warm-up walking whatever, whatever you want to do jog and then we'll do the strength at, uh, portion. And then I always try to end with a uh, cardiovascular uh, of some sort, whether yep. that be, and it, dude, it doesn't even have to be like on a piece of <clears throat> what you would call cardio equipment. Um, sometimes it's just like multiple body weight exercises in a row. You know what I mean? Just for sure. Heart yeah. right up. So cardio yeah, doesn't you have do to of, be just running. A lot of body weight squats or body weight lunges, pushups. Like you're going to, my heart's going to be pumping. I know for me, like anything body yeah. weight weighing heavy is like difficult. So that's a really good thing just or jump ropes anything like depends that on, yeah it depends on what you like find something yep. you like that can really increase your heart rate and it's a good source yeah. of cardio yeah for sure and then um i think the next thing we kind of want to talk about which i saw was interesting um we do our little podcast notes and this was something that i thought was cool was kind of get the quick thoughts on stocks self-investing long long term uh mutual funds retirement 401k all that stuff what do you i saw you put that down what have you been um kind of what are your thoughts on that i guess yeah. So that's why I put it down, dude, because I had no thoughts on it. I was always oh, really? that guy that didn't want to spend time learning about any of that. I didn't oh, want okay. to know yeah. about stocks. I didn't want it. Oh, cool. I don't want to do anything. But I just recently started getting into it with one of my clients who we talk about it uh, very fre frequently now. Uh, so I, I've downloaded a few apps. Okay. I, uh, what apps? To the Robin Hood and oh. Fidelity. And Fidelity's better. I feel I feel like Robinhood is so user friendly though. You it know is, I mean? but yeah, they just have some issues in like how they run the company. But yeah, it is. It, I have Robinhood. Super well. user friendly. It's mad easy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's just it. Yeah, yeah. They blocked so trading been, before. That's oh, the problem. Really? So like there was a during AMC when everyone was trying to buy AMC, yeah. they blocked you from buying it for like a whole day, and it was a they got fined a good amount of money and stuff. It was yeah, just, they should. it was kind of messed up. Yeah. Like you couldn't buy or sell the stock, which was pretty much so people lost money. AMC. Dude, AMC still, the retail stocks are still kind of moving. It might be done. You don't, Dude, <laughs> you don't know. It's so hard to tell about. though. Cause I don't fucking know. Yeah. But, it's uh, gambling basically. So, yeah, okay. So you got, you got Robin hood. What else? 
Um, and then as far as I have a like mutual funds account, which uh, yep. my whole family does, we run it through one guy. He kind of takes care of our money. So I have a, a decent chunk of change in with him and he kind of just like micromanages my money. Uh, it's in yeah. a safer, um, so non-risky type of like investments and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, yep. Just slowly building on uh, with what he can and how the stocks are doing and, and the market and all that. So I have that already. Um, mm -hmm. but it's not something I feed money into frequently. It was kind of like, I put a big lump sum in a few years yeah. back and, and kind of forgot about it. Sure. Um, so that's something I want to keep doing is kind of funneling money into there. Whatever it be 50 bucks a month or something like that. You know what I mean? Whatever, mm -hmm. um, that I can, I want to start putting some money into there, uh, letting that work for me. And then I also wanted to start a like 401k, like what, what is it? What is it called? Like a Roth IRA account. Is that what Roth it is? IRA. Yep. Yeah. So yep. I kind of want to start that. And then that's the same thing you take out or you tell them to take out a certain percentage or amount of money from your account each month or each, however, whatever you want to do, however you want to yep. set it up. But that's something I'm definitely um, interested in, in setting up because <clears throat> I've just never really thought about it. I've always kind of like neglected it. And it, maybe because we've been in football for so long and you never really thought to, that far ahead, you're yeah. just thinking about I practice the next day. So, yeah. <laughs> but something that definitely i want to start having my money work for me and stuff i'm definitely easing back on the uh fidelity robin hood i uh you started just in, ripping it in the beginning i went in guns blazing dude yeah. like i knew what i was doing <laughs> and i uh slowly Hell found yeah. out i have no idea what i'm doing after a few hundred dollars loss already so oh, that's good yeah but i think the main focus for me going forward is going to be that that roth uh and the IRA Roth and, and the uh, uh, the mutual funds kind of just playing it safer. Yeah, for sure. You let your money work for you. Have those secondary streams of income is really important. You already work um, training and bartending, and then you got other streams of income is really helpful. Just um, you and you put that money out of your paychecks, but then you actually get it back eventually. Um, and it's more money than you put in and hopefully beats inflation in the market as well. If you've got a good manager, which I'm sure you do. Um, I think, yeah, investing is really cool. For me, I was kind of in a different spot because whatever, paying for school and being in debt and stuff, I don't, I wasn't investing as much, but I still got into it. Um, and actually, I don't know, I've invested a decent amount, got into with Robinhood. Um, my first stocks I bought, I bought like Starbucks and then I'm some weed stocks. Yeah, Starbucks is good. Yeah. yeah, I had Starbucks, McDonald's, just some things that like people just always go to. And then I had um, like Aurora Cannabis. I had some cannabis companies and then I had I some know, gambling Aurora. companies. Yeah. Oh, you're in on Aurora? Let's go. Yeah. So and, that's based uh, out of Colorado. Yeah. I'm what in on Aurora and Sundial both because one of them's going to oh, blow okay. up again. One of them's blown up again. And I just went Sundial in. Sundial was the rage back, I know, back like a year ago. But now so, I'm definitely in on Aurora. Yeah. And then I had some gambling stocks. But now I've been, and then I've been getting into crypto. I got into that a few years ago. Um, and that's my portfolio's on the relatively riskier side with mostly. Um, tech stocks and then cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. um as most of my portfolio i'm looking at the nfts as well and then also when I, i'm going to get a job probably in may or june that's when i'll start my 401k and i'm in the process of doing the roth ira and stuff like that yeah. as well so i think investing is really big i think a lot of people um haven't been taught anything about investing which makes it seem like it's way more complicated than it is and there's so much um just jargon with the investing industry in itself, that you have all these weird terms that nobody knows what they mean. 
And they're actually not that complicated once you look them up and understand them and watch like a 10 minute YouTube video or ask a financial advisor, hey, can you explain some basic finance to me? It's pretty, it's pretty simple. Um, on the service level, obviously, when you get to some different deeper level finance and um, investing, it gets complicated in investment banking. But for just a normal person to understand basic finance and investing, it's, it's not terribly difficult. But it's the hardest part, like we were saying, for mental health is the same thing in finance and investing is asking for help, asking for somebody just to explain something. And luckily for you, you had somebody, obviously your family invests, so they help you. And then you have a client who's talked to you about it. But just having somebody kind of give you a little bit of a guide is really important. And I think a lot of people don't have that. And it's, I'm happy we're talking about it. But yeah, look into a Roth IRA, look into investing a little bit of money and then dollar cost average, just put in whether whatever you're paycheck is just putting a percentage of that every month into investing and you can split it up into risky and non-risky portfolios or funds or however you want to do it in a single stocks but put away a hundred bucks a month um, or whatever 50 bucks a week however much money you have and just keep chipping away instead of just putting like 200 in and then just wait for a couple months just put in consistent 30 bucks a week and then you're good i think my plan going forward with that is find a amount that i won't considerably notice that yeah. is coming out of my account each each yeah. month or, or week or however you want to do it. So just find like whatever amount that is for you and put that to the side. But yeah. not have it be like you said, 200 bucks where like you're pinched for cash at the end. Of yeah, the you don't want month. that. Yeah, so finding a good yeah, be happy smart. medium. Yep, for sure. Find a good happy medium. And then I think another good thing to just mention is how credit is really important. Um, I think a lot of people during college don't even know about credit, what the credit score is, why it's impactful. Um, but after college, when you need to get a loan, whether it's for a car or you want to lease a car or you want to eventually buy a home and all that stuff, you want to build your credit score. Credit. Up. Yep. You've got to build your credit score up. So you want to have, make sure you're paying your bills on time, obviously, whether it's gas, electric, stuff like that in college, and then get a credit card, use the credit card, but don't use the full balance all the time. I think a lot of people just think, oh, I've I've got a $500 maximum. It's my first credit card. Let me spend $490 and then I'll pay it back. And then boom, but that, that's not what you want to do. You want to spend less than 30% and sometimes ideally less than 10% of that um, credit limit every month. And then you spend that, you pay it back on time. And eventually your credit score is going to increase. You're going to gain trust. Your credits, once your credit score increases, you can get other credit cards with higher balances. Keep using them. And there's a bunch of others, but that's just the simplest kind of way to build your credit. Um, what about you? I have a debit card on the side. You know what yeah, I mean? definitely have a debit card as well. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely like have the biggest card. thing is not racking up that credit card score and have a debit that you can fall back on. Yeah. And then find some good credit cards. Some of them do cash back, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's for gas stations, grocery stores, certain websites, they have cash back, which is really important. Go look up if you can get 5% cash back on Amazon for yeah. a month, buy a couple of things on Amazon that you're going to buy anyway, use your credit card, pay it back. And then you if actually you spend less all, money. Works out. I'll switch over to MasterCard for me. That would be um, ideal. I'm not going to say why, but <laughs> go to MasterCard. Dude, credit card companies are like, they're kind of messed up too because they take 3% of your income. Um, Dude, Master's going to you're... crypto or not crypto. Uh, yeah, Ma MasterCard's are like flirting with uh, merging with like crypto and NFTs. Oh, really? Not yeah, that dude, I know anything, but. Crypto just bombed. But like all the big companies like Google and stuff you're, and Facebook, you're going to start buying things with crypto in the metaverse and all these different things. So I just um, Are you made an in investment metaverse? in crypto. Um, I'm in the metaverse tokens. So kind of, I've got to, I've got to look more in the metaverse. I don't know as much as I should, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I know a little yeah. bit about it. 
um but not not a ton so i'm just i've got some metaverse tokens that's about it i kind of got to get going here so let's let's hop into these uh these q a's all right yeah we'll go quick through the q a's for sure all right cool so first one uh we have here is what is the best three-day training split so somebody who's not dedicated to the gym um maybe they don't have time or or the uh the life um yeah that allows them to go five six times a week so what's what's your three day training split if you were to be that person all righty so i'm going to give my brief thoughts before you're the strength coach so you know more than i do on this but i would say um we did a three-day split in high school which i thought was cool we would do um bench back squat monday and then hit some back and arms after that whatever lagging body parts but definitely at least back after that bench and back squat monday wednesday hit some some kind of cleaner or, or deadlift and then hit push uh, overhead press a standing push press or something like that and then once again hit back and some core and then friday hit front squat incline bench and then um some back and some core again that was kind of our three-day split that we did for intro level um lifters i think worked well a lot of compound movements and um, then end with some uh, more isolation exercises what do you think i would say if you're i would say if you're a beginner um frequency isn't going to be that crazy important so like a push pull leg could be great for you um yeah you that's, get in yeah. Uh, so push day on monday so that would be shoulders chest triceps um pull day on wednesday that would be biceps and back um maybe a deadlift or something and then yeah. friday would be your third day and that'd be a leg day so uh it would allow you to get in some decent frequency and not be like if you're a beginner that's all you need you don't need anything crazy or like volume out of out of this world. If you are more intermediate level and you don't want to follow like a push pull leg, I would incorporate more of like a uh, um, so incorporating like a, a either a push pull on one day, legs the next day, and then like a full body on that on that last yep. day. You know what I mean? Just so mm -hmm. you're getting a little bit more volume and and uh, frequency per muscle group. But yeah, yeah, so I would say beginners push pull legs is is perfect, and then. If you're more intermediate, maybe like a push pull, a leg, and then like a full body and have mm, that whole good. body be more uh, volume focused rather than high intensity weights. You know what I mean? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Alrighty, so on second question, we've got um, how much training volume is too much volume? How little is too little? Um, once again, this is more, I think you know more about this than I do. I would say um, too much is if you're central nervous system or you're just just tired all the time you just feel like unmotivated and, and you're not even excited to go to the gym every day and then too little is probably you don't get sore whatsoever you're not um straining through the reps um you're doing 10 reps and you could do 20 like that's probably training too little or too light what do you think you know more about this that that you basically just covered it Overtraining would be too much so if you're not motivated you're super tired all the time uh, you're not recovering in between workouts. So like you're crazy sore the next day going into your next workout or say like you hit chest on Monday and you're hitting chest again on Thursday and you're still sore. You're probably doing a little bit too much. Um, so that would be probably too much volume and intensity. Um, and then as far as too little, yeah, stopping short. So like if you do 10 reps and you know you could have done 20, um, maybe you're going to either do the 20 or you're going to find a weight where that 10 reps is, is maximal for you. You know what I mean? Or pretty close to maximal, like RPE eight, something like that. Yep. But um, yeah. So finding a happy medium, not being crazy, overly sore for crazy amounts of time or finding a place where you can recover 
and finding a good rep range and volume that fits for you. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. I think, um, yeah, that's all really good. And I think the next thing, next question kind of relates to this and it's, um, they're asking, do you prefer dumbbells or barbells? What do you, what, do, does this depend for movements for you or what do you do? What do you prefer? Definitely pretend, definitely depends on the movement I'm doing. Um, now I've kind of more switched over to um, dumbbells. I feel like I get a better contraction. Um, I have not such a limited range of motion or, or uh, like I'm, I'm able to move the weights in a way where I can get the optimal contraction and mind muscle connection where with a dumbbell or with a barbell, you might be limited in that aspect of things where you can't tilt your arm this way. You can't move your elbow, that kind of stuff. Um, as far as like workouts though, I would say like squat, I'm always going to do a barbell squat. I just feel it the most, I have most connection there. Um, or like a, like a hack squat or something like that. But as far as bench, I've been focusing on like dumbbells back. I focus a lot on dumbbells. Um, yeah. So I would say they both have their ups and downs or, you know, pros and cons, if you, if you want to call it that. But right now for me, I would focus more on dumbbells just because I get a better connection with the muscle there. What about you? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it depends on the exercise as well. I think I'm a little more barbell focused than dumbbell. Um, a lot of it is just because my it's tough for me for my left hand to grab um, dumbbells because of a thumb injury. So I just can't wrap my thumb for a lot of things. And if I can't wrap my thumb for dumbbells, I feel like it's going to fall on my head. Um, so for some exercises, once it gets to heavy dumbbells, any kind of pressing, it's really, diff I have to have my monkey grip with like no, um, no thumb, no thumb wraps. So that can be kind of difficult when it gets to heavier dumbbells, especially pressing movements overhead, anything like that. But for lighter movements, um, especially for like arms and stuff, I prefer dumbbells. Yeah. I feel like I can get better, um, especially for biceps. Um, definitely dumbbells, shrugs, dumbbells, back, um, dumbbells. So I think it, it matters for both. And then it matters, um, I think certain people have certain body like abnormalities, whether it's one shoulders tighter than the other, or one hip is a little, um, you know what I mean? Tighter and elbows, same thing. So I think dumbbells sometimes can let you kind of Helps with muscular um, change imbalance. that. Yeah. The imbalance, the range of motion, you can kind of adjust barbells a lot stricter on the body. So Absolutely. I think they're both good to use though. Yeah. They definitely have their pros. Yeah. Um, next question is, would you rather compete in powerlifting or bodybuilding? Which one for you? Yo, the person who asked me this definitely already knows, man. I'm a freaking bodybuilder at heart, man. Rich Piana. Shout out Rich Piana. Chat it up. Piana. I want to get huge juice to the gills. I'm bodybuilding all the way. What about you? Yeah, I'm bodybuilding as well. Um, Absolutely, dude. I'm not strong enough to be a powerlifter, dude. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think I could be. Like, it just when I'm not built for that. Um, bodybuilding, I guess. Um, I don't know if I'd be good at it, but I'd try it out. It'd be kind of fun to just... Oh. But here's Try the thing: out. you could be a you could be a power lifter benching 900 pounds and not look like a guy that really lifts. You know what I mean? Or you could be a yeah. bodybuilder; you can still bench a lot because you're massive, but you're gonna look freaking jacked too. You know what I mean? It's the best of both worlds. Would you rather be a a power lifter who's just a beast, a, a bodybuilder who's like a stud, or would you rather be like a fighter? So you have that like uh, you can actually apply your skills in like real life, like a Nagano. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, probably the latter. Yeah. The yeah. I think I'd be the fighter dude. Cause it's more like you can use your skills as much as like, Facts. if somebody like there's a bodybuilder who's trying to like flex on you, you're still like, but that's genetics, dude. You know how hard it is to be like yeah. jacked 
skillful and you know what i mean like strong yeah. as hell so. yeah that's that's for sure um that's a good one and then the next one is i think it pertains to me this was somebody asked how's it going to the bathroom on the carnivore diet um it's not that bad it's uh i haven't had really any issues unless i've got fried food that's the only thing that bothers my stomach i think i've gotten more sensitive to fried or like unhealthy foods but besides that I feel completely good and then the last question was our current training split um i do a uh a push pull push pull legs twice a week so i train six days a week um and then sometimes i'll take a rest day in between so i'll do three days rest three days rest or sometimes i'll just do six straight um yeah that's about it how about you so i'm um, sorry I'm pulling it up right now um i only work out five days a week saturday sunday i'm uh training clients and then i have to go mm-hmm. right into work yeah uh, so i don't train on those days maybe i'll do uh cardio but um yeah so monday is chest and shoulder Tuesday is a leg day quad focused. Um, Wednesday is back and biceps. Thursday is upper chest and shoulders again. And then Friday is kind of like everything that I haven't hit during the week real hard. Mm. So, I mean, sorry. On Monday when I'm doing chest and shoulders, I might do like one set of triceps. Wednesday when I'm doing back and biceps, I might do like two sets of biceps, keep it real light in the volume. So that way on Friday, um, I come in and I'll do like calves. I'll do a heavy hamstring movement because I focused on quads on Tuesday. So I'll do like a heavy hamstring, couple of movements, and then I'll get some volume in on the arms because I don't do a lot of volume. I kind of hit them indirectly throughout the week, but I don't do uh, heavy sets on that. So it's more of like a bodybuilding style. Yeah. You know, each that makes day sense. Is, is dedicated to its own body part kind of thing. Yeah, and it's cool. It's, we've never really done that in athletics, so it's cool to switch that up. And then yeah. the last question I'm hearing from people is they want to know how much do you weigh? That's the that's the big question, the big rumor going around. What are you what are you what are you at right now? Who asked this? I feel like I know. I can't I can't I can't say. I've had a couple of people uh reference it. We could do uh over under. I could Let's give you a, I could give you a line. Uh two oh one. What do you what have we got here? By the end of the day, over. All right, that's good. Yep, that's yep. good. Like right now, go. if Bulking I stepped up. on the scale, I'm over. Fresh okay. off the wake up, I don't know yeah. if I'm gonna. Yeah, it might be close. <laughs> it might yeah, be fair close. enough. Fair enough. Before yeah. the morning pee, you could probably make it. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about so, you? Hold on, hold on. Let's do, let's do this game. All right. Yeah, let's do this. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So Give last number. last that I checked, you were around two seventy eight. I think is what we last left off on, or two seventy nine. I think it was. Yeah. So I'm going to say, what are you, what are your calories right now? What are you hitting? I don't know. I don't really track the calories. Don't track. Okay. Um, well, I somewhat do. I just try to hit under 3000. I don't really. Okay. I'm going to yeah, say. Two seventy two. Two seventy three. That's under. Locked in. Under. You're under two seventy three. I am under two seventy three and two seventy two. <laughs> two sixty nine under shut up are you serious i was, I was 268 today yeah dang bro good for you that's good hell yeah, yeah thank you yeah so we're cutting cut phases uh carnivore intermittent fasting i'm gonna carnivore is almost done at the end of the month i'll i'll end it um just start adding in some other stuff but still just trying to meat focused um and then have a lot of vegetables and fruits and Complex. then yeah nothing too crazy so but yeah trying to get trying to get lean like Hopefully, like you someday. So, hey. uh, there you go. 
No, so, I'm on the reverse also, right now. <laughs> yeah, one pound a month, the reverse. Hey, hey, that's that's <laughs> progress. That's progress. <laughs> that's fair enough. I know you fluctuate a little less than me, so yeah. Um, but all righty, I'll let you go. Go bartend today. What is that? The Irish Mafia, right? Shout out Irish Mafia. Shout out Irish Mafia. If anyone's Bloomfield, New York. anyone in uh, in Bloomfield or in uh, Rochester, go to Irish Mafia. You want a good beer? I got heavily. You. Yes, sir. There you go. What's your What's your favorite beer there? Uh, I don't drink beer. Um, if I had to choose, well, what do you try to like? If anyone asks you, somebody's got to ask you. Hey, what, oh, what they beer? ask me all the time. Yeah. I've, so and I know all the beers, so that's why I'm able to just like kind of like, if I were to drink beer, I guess I would drink this one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what do you say? So I'm definitely not a hazy guy, so I don't like the heavy oh. IPAs. Yeah, it's gross. Come and on, I don't like beer, dude. I don't drink beer, so I would go for food. more. Yeah, I guess I would go for more of like a Jake Malnich, Ruby Red, Jenny Colts. Yeah. Okay, Colts are good, dude. Yeah, Colts something. Good. No, I'd definitely go lighter. So I, I recommend like our Pilsner 101 is like our mm. lightest beer that we have. So I would recommend sure. that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, we'll talk about our favorite drinks some other time, but we'll yeah. let you go. Go bartend up the Rochester community and. uh Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Let us know some questions on Instagram or YouTube, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.